1: A coalition of 22 states is urging the Supreme Court to extend a decades-old workplace discrimination law to cover gay and transgender employees who can be fired for no reason in many parts of the country. And what is the position of the Trump administration in a trio of cases before the court? That depends on which agency, you ask. Joining me is Steve Sanders, a professor at the Morris School of Law Indiana University. Steve, the Justice Department and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission clash on this issue. What are their positions?
2: The EEOC which institutionally is concerned with employment discrimination and has a lot of experience with matters of employment discrimination takes the position that the 1964 law which prevents sex discrimination in the workplace also includes sexual orientation and gender identity That essentially discrimination against gays and lesbians because of who they want to have romantic relationships with or discrimination against a person because they have transitioned genders, that those things are by definition discrimination on the basis of sex, if sex is understood broadly enough to include things like gender stereotypes or assumptions about the capabilities of men and women. The Trump administration, through its Justice Department, is taking the position in an upcoming trio of Supreme Court cases that, no, the federal anti-sex discrimination law essentially very narrowly means that women and men can't be treated differently, that women can't be discriminated in the workplace because they're women and men can't be discriminated against because they're men, but that it's reaching too far to stretch the understanding of sex, that single word in the federal statute, to encompass one's sexual orientation or gender identity.
1: So, Steve, the Justice Department represents the EEOC before the Supreme Court. In in one of the cases involving a former funeral director who's transgender, the Justice Department's response at the court cemented its position against EEOC's win at the appeals court. So which position are the justices likely to rely
2: on? Well, uh, clearly the the justices uh, well, the, the justices will will consider the arguments made by the Trump administration. The solicitor general will be the person representing the Trump administration. The solicitor general speaks for the Justice Department and for this particular uh, administration. Um, generally, federal courts give some attention, some level of deference to the EEOC's judgment on matters just because it is a specialized agency that has a lot of Experience with and history with matters of employment discrimination—the sense is they're knowledgeable experts and their opinion is worth something. But at the end of the day, the uh, the Justice Department does uh, uh, essentially outrank the EEOC. Um, And and it's the Justice Department that is weighing in here as uh, amicus curiae, as a friend of the court, in this dispute between two private parties, a funeral home and its former employee. the, The federal government is not a party to this case. The Trump administration is not being sued. The Trump administration is basically weighing in to give its opinion about what the proper outcome of this case should be.
1: Stifel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at Qatar Economic Forum.com.
1: What does it mean for employers to have the different opinions on this issue from the Justice Department and the EOC? Does it have any effect on them?
2: Well the you know uh, uh, probably many management side employment lawyers would tell you to honor the, the the most restrictive or or pay attention to the interpretation of law that is most protective but 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 another important Uh, thing to remember in answering that question is on this question, the law actually varies depending on what part of the country you're in. So some lower courts, federal courts of appeals have come to the conclusion that Title VII, this employment non-discrimination law we're talking about does cover sexual orientation and gender identity and in states that are under the jurisdiction of those courts of appeals that is the law right now that employers would have to follow but there are other parts of the country governed by other federal courts of appeals that have either rejected that understanding or have not reached that understanding. And so um, as a matter of federal law, uh, it is not the law in those parts of the country that sexual orientation or gender identity discrimination is illegal. Um, You know, if the EEOC is on the other side of your case, uh, chances are you should be a, a cognizant of the EEOC's position. But again, I I think all this is going to be clarified this coming year by the Supreme Court, and this variation in the law from different parts of the country or different federal agencies will be cleared up, uh, you know, within the year.
1: Do you have any feeling for how the court might rule in these cases?
2: You know, I am I I am skeptical. Although, so I am somewhat skeptical that the court is going to interpret Title VII in this way. The the conservative justices on the court who are in the majority are generally committed to a way of reading statutes, reading federal laws, that is more restrictive, that is more deferential to what Congress thought was doing in 1964, not how we understand sexuality today that kind of evolving understanding of the meaning of words but there are some conservative judges in lower federal courts that have gone along with the eeoc's understanding so i i think it may be a situation where good lawyering could make a difference um i I don't think it's certainly not a slam dunk but at this point if I were someone who, you know, were, liked that understanding of federal law, uh, I would be a little nervous about what this Supreme Court is going to do in these cases.
1: About a minute here. Does the absence of Justice Kennedy make a difference in these cases?
2: I'm not sure it does. Justice Kennedy was a great protector and uh, a great uh, – uh, he, he was responsible for a number of great uh, court uh, court victories for gays and lesbians. But those were all based on interpretation of the Constitution and in, interpretation of words and doctrines in constitutional law that are inherently sort of malleable and evolving. Justice Kennedy was not – necessarily as progressive, he tended to be somewhat more conservative and somewhat more restrictive in his reading of statutes, including civil rights statutes. So I don't think it makes a huge difference, not the difference it would make if this were a constitutional question involving the rights of gays, lesbians, or transgendered people.
1: Well, as you say, we'll learn before the end of next term. Thank you so much, Steve. That's Steve Sanders, a professor at the Morris School of Law at Indiana University.